Welcome to Mecca Talks, your access to areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Blythe, Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca and your host. In today's episode, I'm joined by the founders of Dias and Durga, Carvey and David Maltz. Hi everyone, welcome back to Mecca Talks. We've had some epic conversations recently with the people revolutionising the beauty industry. From Allies of Skins, Nicholas Travis, to the beauty obsessed Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and French beauty icon Violette. If you enjoyed those episodes as much as I loved recording them, please make sure to let us know by leaving a review. This helps us to ensure we're chatting to the right people, asking the right questions and delivering on episodes you want to hear. And if there's anyone we haven't spoken to that you'd love to hear from and you think that we could get them in the room, please let us know in your review too. So back to the people revolutionising the industry. Recently, we did a bit of a trip throughout the US to speak to some of our favourite and hottest brands. I was in New York and I popped into the Brooklyn HQ of non-traditional perfumers, Carvey and David Maltz, better known by their best-selling fragrance brand, Dias and Durga. This couple not only are married in life, but they're married in work and they complement each other so perfectly. Also that ingenuity when it comes to the actual brand they've created, but how they go about creating the scents themselves. David actually taught himself to become a perfumer and it completely transforms the way you think about the brand. It's so scent driven and so it's not done through the traditional perfumer roots of, you know, the these noses in France, etc. But he did it through really what he just loves. And he did it through experimentation, which I think is just super cool. He's also a massive tea obsessive. So not only does he have a passion for fragrance and creating unique scents, his love for tea totally blew our minds. And we had a beautiful cup of tea whilst we were having a conversation. Carvey and David believe that a great perfume is a keyhole into another realm or invisible landscape. And David, a musician and a self-taught perfumer, alongside Carvey, an actual architect, work together to build those realms, landscapes and narratives through the medium of scent. From the TikTok viral pistachio, their first gourmand with notes of pistachio, pistachio and more pistachio to their parquet leather candle, through which they've somehow managed to create the satisfying scent of a new leather jacket. They're breaking the boundaries of the very exclusive, elusive and traditional fragrance industry. This interview was a lot of fun. Time for you to hear it. Welcome, David and Carvey from Dias and Durga to Mecca Talks. And we are in Brooklyn in your fabulous offices, which are actually a little bit like looking inside your mind with these sort of science little labs where you create all of your fragrances. And But thank you so much, first and foremost, for Thanks letting for us come us. in, because actually there is nothing better than seeing what is behind the beauty and seeing what is actually happening in the brand. So first of all, how are you today, both of you? Thank you for having us. We're great. <laughs> Doing well today. Yeah. Thanks for coming to see us. Yeah. David, you feeling good? Feeling, feeling chatty? Always. 
You've got a cup of tea quite in chatty. hand. Quite chatty. Quite chatty. Got a cup of tea. And what's fascinating is we did a little tour of the office just as we got here. And we had a look in your your private office, which is where a lot of the brain happens of creating all your potions, all your fragrances. But then we also went into your kitchen where you created some incredible tea for us. Yeah. And we were talking about tea. And we were talking about fragrance. And the fact that actually you were saying quote unquote that you love tea more than fragrance is that right well no it was more we were saying like could you live without this one or live without that one i feel like it'd be hard to live without tea because i said if you you could live without fragrance but then because there's flowers and things like that no. but i mean i think but tea is your great passion i mean like in terms of imbibing it uh, <laughs> i'm not going to be a tea purveyor anytime so, although we do sell three teas uh, but no obviously my passion for making perfume music it's poetry. all the creative yeah. arts right whenever we go away somewhere and he has to deal with just having shite tea <laughs> shite tea, tea. Like bags like we, he doesn't do bags of tea you have to do somewhere. i told her the royal blood trip Right. So you actually have to like buy loose tea and do it properly. No, no, I can, I can no, deal no. with certain bags. Just if we're away and he has to deal with that as soon as we come home, it just, it's like, it doesn't matter if it's like 10 o'clock at night. Like yeah. he, he's like itching for like proper cup of tea. Oh, so you like, tea, you should have yeah. been English. I know. Well, I have it in me a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There you go. And, and at home, because obviously you two are mar married. Yeah. Married. Yeah. yeah. And you've got two children. For now. For now. <laughs> By the end of this podcast. At the end of this podcast, everything could change. If David takes up too much of the time. Yeah. Um, so, and you've got two children. Do they share the same passions as you for tea and fragrance? They and like music? tea. Our daughter loves coffee, but you know, they're 10 and 12. They're not drinking a lot of caffeine, but they're interest, interested in it a little bit. They both, they love perfume. They can smell something and be like, oh, that's very rare. That's oud. So they, they oh, know good. about it. Yeah. So they've got a bit of a nose. I can teach them. Yeah. So how did it all start? How did Dias and Durga start? And also tell us a bit about the name because it's a really unique name we love the name and i imagine it's got something to do with your own name yeah yeah david seth moltz is my name so that's the ds and then my nickname for coffee when i first met her was durga and so this was like the early aughts or and everyone was just like an ambersand name that's like how it was and so we just called ourselves ds and durga durga is a hindu goddess uh -huh. but i went to film school and uh there's a movie by sayajit ray called pather panchali and uh and there's a character named Durga who she reminded me of, so I called her Durga. And so this is when you were dating and he called you that. And yeah, then, which but the, the, the real truth of that story. <laughs> I would never tell anyone. I told someone just the other day because I kind of forgot about it. But he really thought I looked like the character's younger brother. Yeah. I looked like this little boy. This little boy, yeah. But he didn't think it was what? very nice to call me this little boy. Little boy. I don't know how it happened, though, but then why would I call you Durga? His because name is Apu, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, okay, but I'll call you his sister. You're just like Biki and like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, obviously, dating and coming up with this incredible name. But how did you then decide from that to marriage and children to starting this brand? And it is one of our favorite fragrance brands, and you guys are doing such a phenomenal job of standing out really in a kind of niche boutique way when everything feels like anyone could go off and, and create perfume. Mm. But what you you have done is super unique and it's got that kind of Brooklyn vibe. How did you both decide that that was what you want to do and to do it together? I think it's, it's, well, it is the way it is because we're, we're actually making it ourselves and have always done that from the beginning. And we both have something, you know, kind of different to contribute to it. So I'm doing everything that's visual. I came from uh -huh. an architecture background. I was an architect when we met and David was a musician when we met and still is. 
definitely there's parallels between making music and making perfume. So we started just making things as, as gifts for friends, like just uh, I mean, wow, playing around with different with materials, fra making fragrance for friends. Yeah, just like with the different essential oils and different, you know, aromatic ingredients, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Aromatic ingredients, is that not a good way to put it? Definitely. Different <laughs> scented substances, different oils, resins. Yeah. As a um, little just popping out to a friend's you know, take a gift. Like, uh, like holiday gifts in 2007 yeah. for people and they all really liked it. And I was a musician working in restaurants, uh, you know, like touring and coming back and working in restaurants. She was an architect and the friends all really liked it. And she's like, why don't we start a business? And this was like, you know, early aughts, like everyone was making their own things. We knew people who had jewelry brands and like clothing brands. She was like, I can make the labels, like literally on the printer at her fancy printer at the architecture place. Yeah. And I handmade all these things and it like took off super quickly. And we always say we didn't know anything about business. We didn't know anything about perfume and we didn't know anything about perfume, the perfume business. And we had to learn it as it went on. And pretty soon we realized like, oh, okay. Like we quit our jobs within a year and realized wow. like, oh, I can really change all the things I'm trying to talk about in music. I can actually do it in fragrance. And it's a unique way of thinking about fragrance. Anyway, she could change architecture into a design that actually yeah. gets made. And, the, and, the, and it's beautiful. The design is beautiful. And, and the thought that's gone into it to make it feel really different, I think, is exceptional. So Yeah, I think it's the like culture of just being like self-taught. Like, in fact, we never say this, but she went to architecture school. Yeah. But she is like a self-taught designer. Like, she, no one taught her how to do product design, right? Yeah. So, like, it's the same thing. Like, I, the way I think about fragrance is very different. I'm writing a book right now. I think it'll be helpful to, like, explain, you know, in in there like the way i see it even last night at the fifi's i was talking to a bunch of perfumers i was talking to this one perfumer and she's just bringing up all of these like perfumes and i'm like i have never smelled that she's like are you serious she's like at their company she works for iff they have like you know the yeah. gas spec they they will put any perfume into a machine and like see what's in it yeah and she knows intimately all these things and i'm like yeah i guess it'd be so interesting if i looked at it because I, I i've never done that you know i I just so, hold on, roll it back. Mm -hmm. You were not trained as a fragrance coach. No, no self-taught. And so you taught yourself. Mm -hmm. So how did you know where to start? Did you like read up on it? Did you kind of? I it's so difficult to. It's such a like opaque industry. No yeah. one really wants to help you out and like yeah. tell you, oh, this is how you. Do. I mean, you and go it's to quite school. closed door, right? In terms very. of those yeah. notes, you know, and it's very uh, you know like European dominated, yeah. and, and you know there's you, there's perfume schools. That was not like his path at all. We were just we didn't know that we were really starting a brand. I wonder if you would have thought differently if we knew like you know it's it's it, we didn't know what we were getting into really we just yeah. started making things and then it went well so we just like kept going on and his education I guess was really just about like obsessive practice and yeah. research and just do by doing it and loving it out. as well presumably yeah. I think I could figure stuff. out any artistic discipline it doesn't matter what the materials are it's it's about like what you're trying to say with it and how a bit you, of a, and a feeling kind of crafting something just like this like this story like how you put it yeah. all together and present it i could do it in 
cooking, I could do it in painting, I could do it, uh, I'm not a good painter or anything, I could do it in, you know, writing, I could do it in music, and yeah. certainly perfume. Perfume is just so immediate, and it's so novel, because we said this before, but everyone can name a musician, a filmmaker, a chef, a yeah. sculptor, but no one really knows the perfumers, and that's really big thing about our, our brand, is we are perfumer designer owned, it's not bullshit, yeah. you know, it really yeah. is us who, who makes the creation. I've just seen that, for, for yeah. real, in your office, where you've literally got all of these little essential oils and tiny bottles and you're literally creating. Yeah, and so one of the disservices that happens via, there's there's this facade to, to, to for brands to like make it seem like they're the perfumers. It's it's being broken down now. No one cares. It's like if Beyonce might have this amazing song and if she didn't write it, you're not mad. She performed it really well and she put her, she made it like sing. So it's not like better it's not better in any way. It's just there is a clear line between me yeah. and Kavi and the bottle that's in your hands. Things get very confusing in perfume copy, right? Because someone, they have to like invent this story. But for me, I know, oh, I'm making this based upon this trip to Turks and Caicos and I saw this thing and we did this and here it is in the bottle and I can explain where we were and what we did yeah. and what's in it and I know what's in the formula. But if you don't know how to make perfume or what's truly in the formula, you start saying things like, it is a feeling, it is a emotion with the cardamom <laughs> and the jasmine. And it just starts sounding like, I, I think most people can see through that, you know? It's, so what was your that, first fragrance? Obviously you created some for friends. Um, what was your first fragrance? Um, Cowboy grass in our line yeah. really was one of our first. I used to make it by soaking this proprietary mix of herbs in alcohol first, then adding the materials, which is just like a ridiculous thing to do. Like <laughs> you don't need to do that. Once I figured out how to you know, make that aroma anyway. Um, and that was one of the first that like I made it when I didn't know anything about perfume. And so it is a beast and so strange, but I think it's like the sixth bestseller. Like there is a rawness to it. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, in music, like someone's first raw demo still might be like, people love it because there's that energy in it, you know? Yeah. And, and that's there. I mean, you've seen though, I just showed you a bunch of stuff in my office. Yeah. I'm not trying to make everything all wild and crazy. I want to make something for everyone. You've got some beautiful sense that you're thinking about bringing sort sure. of to the fore, which is exciting because I think it takes the idea of Dear Sadurga, which is a really cool brand. Actually, you've got some fragrances in there that I think would appeal to a lot of people as well. Yeah, my mom loved, yeah, you can, you yeah. Know, Rose Atlantic, Debaser, these are top sellers. They're, they're not difficult fragrances. I don't know why, you know. And when you were thinking about the design of it, Carvey, and you were thinking about even the packaging, and because it's all, and even the naming, presumably, as well. No, like, no, I'm, I'm naming. Oh, you're naming? Words and fragrance. Words and fragrance. Words and fragrance is David and everything visual. And like brand identity and all of mm -hmm. that side of things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how is it working together? Is it easy? We've been doing it a long time. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was it was a little bit different because we were, you know, kind of on each other's toes more because it was just us two. Yeah. And so we were trying to, it took us some time to figure out who does what exactly. But I think pretty quickly we separated our roles, like clearly. So he handles obviously the fragrance and the words and I handle the branding, packaging, the design side. And then David takes more of an interest in the marketing of it. And I yeah. take more of an interest in just, I guess, kind of like the finance end of it. And then, um, you know, I guess we're both very interested in the sales. I'm very interested in our retail stores. Too. Like, yeah. I don't want to manage yeah. anyone. So everyone See, has a team. Except for the me. Vision, and yeah. then it's like, 
And then Carvey sort of brings that vision to life. Once you've kind of come up with the scent, you've come up with the name, and then it's like how well, to... Packaging, right? Yeah. That, is, yeah. that is true. For, for, for a fragrance, you know, he will say, he will come up with a fragrance and tell me what it's about. And then if there's any kind of assets that need to be, to be, to go along with it, then yeah. I'll just sort of interpret what he, what he wants. And where do you get that inspiration from David? I mean, Very obviously I imagine travel and places and people, you know, coming up with a new scent, coming up with a new mood is you can't just pluck that out of nowhere. Or I, can you? Yeah. Kind of I just have so many <laughs> ideas. I have just like notes and notes and notes on my phone of ideas that, you know, I get from, Anything, reading, walking around, music, poetry, literature, spiritual things, lots of things. But you have to be more strategic. You know, we have two global launches every year, but we, I hand make a hundred bottles four times a year. We call it studio juices. So we, I am very prolific. I make a lot of stuff. So yeah. I, I, it's, it's nice because I get to get it out there. And if people really like it, then it's like, oh, maybe this is something. And we add it to the line that happened with pistachio. Yeah. Rockaway Beach. Which we just, just launched, which has gone wild. Yeah. It's actually the most successful launch we've ever had. It has just organically mm-hmm. taken hold. Like everybody's loving it. Everyone's sharing it on all the socials. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. exciting. And obviously you were saying you've got some teas, you've got the fragrance, you've got yeah. the candles. What else would you start thinking about in terms of the brand? Do you want to expand it? further do you want to do more we do want to do something else something more it's just that those are the kind of things you have to be more careful about because they take investment and they they take just consideration of like where would that live in a store you know you can't just like put it next to yeah what is yeah how is it relevant to perfume you know you don't want to just start putting out products with our logo on them yeah have nothing to do with perfume or things that we're interested in because then then the Kind of dilutes it. Then the the story, the yeah. authenticity of the story, which is what we're all about, starts to break down. And then... Unless it's like something that you and I personally love, because I'll notice, I remember that, you know, a long time ago, the Diageo people came to us who own like lots of different liquor brands. And they're like, we would love to do something with you, like uh, based on this bourbon. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like we're American perfume, your bourbon. It was like a really great brand. Yeah. But I was like... But in the end, like, we just love scotch. We drink scotch. And so, like, oh, great. And we did something with Johnny Walker, you know, because, like, it just was more us. Even though, like, in a marketing room, they'd be like, you're American. They're American. You should do this. But we're like, yeah, but it's us. So we do do quirky things for us. It has to be authentic to us. We have to, you know, if there's a partnership, a collaboration that goes, that's going to happen. If we meet and we don't have good chemistry and we don't gel well, there's no reason to do it. No matter how. Oh, yeah. That's no matter how successful people think it could be or how many followers they have, it's like, if, if it's not, if it doesn't feel real to us, we just won't do it. I think that is what, you know, your brand is so authentically you guys, and it does come from a totally different place to many brands that I think that is part of the magic of it as well. Sure. I mean, saying no is so much more important than saying yes, you know, in this. And I'm, I'm, I love that. I'm the one who will say no to, to most things just to protect the brand. I'm like the protector of, protector the, of the brand. brand. Yeah. Defender. Someone, someone has to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I also work on a TV show concept that I think would be really good for getting that, you know, the word out about perfumers being artists, just like other people. And I love how you're democratizing the idea of these 
you know, perfumers and noses. Yeah. Because actually, it's to your point, it isn't something that everybody knows about or how to do, but actually you're making it really a career choice for people out there who want to be creative and want to create something of their own that aren't just tied into <laughs> European fragrance houses, etc., but are doing it differently. So I think that's exciting. And tell me a little bit about I Don't Know What, which is a fragrance enhancer. Mm -hmm. It's really super interesting and we love it at Mecca. It's yeah. one of our top sellers. You what, know, the you're idea asking was? about other products that we make and I have this whole idea for this giant line and I Don't Know What is pretty much like the genesis of the, the idea. You know, in that wall, you see I have like all this like rare sandalwood, oud, patchouli, jasmine. I might like before I go out, like just grab a little bit and, and wipe it on my skin to wear like these ama amazing things. But natural materials, they're so beautiful by themselves, but sometimes do not perform. So I said, what if I made a perfume that has no like a uh, heart materials in it? It's just the things that I would put in there to enhance uh, whatever you put inside the house. It's a, it's a house with no interior. You put one drop of jasmine here and you spray, I don't know what, over it and you have a great jasmine perfume. You do it with patchouli, neroli, whatever. And an old fragrance you no longer like, you spray a little bit there, spray, I don't know what, over it. And then that thing becomes kind of the heart of, of, of the fragrance. So you can just, you know, mix and match. And you see people are very much into blending their own fragrances yeah, right now. Right. Anyway, this to me is a, should be in everyone's toolkit for like just layering over it. I do think probably like 80% of people just wear it on its own. Yeah, it's I just, bought it and I, yeah. I wear it on its own. Yeah, see, I think people love this very nondescript, can't put your finger on. Mm. It has a crazy like trail and sillage. Like, well, you, you want that, it. don't you? You yeah. want people to stop you in the I street. I don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, you want that like, or it's kind of cool when it happens actually. And someone's like, what are you wearing? It's yeah. like a, you're like, but I didn't. You can have that without these like ridiculous yeah. sillage bombs that are like, if I get on a plane and there's like a very famous perfume and if, if someone walks by me with it, I'm like, this should be illegal. Illegal, I yeah. love it. It's crazy. Okay, so I don't know what, that is a fascinating story and it makes so much sense now of why it's an enhancer. Tell me a bit about the other fragrances that you've got that you love um, that everybody should know about and tell us what we can expect from those. Let's start yeah. with you, Carby. What is your favorite? Yeah, I wear Durga a lot because it's just the most beautiful scent to me. Uh, David made it what I love most in, in fragrance. There's tuberose in it, heavy tuberose, which is my favorite. My uncle in India used to leave a bouquet of fresh tuberose on the nightstand every night before I'd go to bed uh, when I would visit. And it was so fragrant, just filled up the room. I just think it's like the most narcotic, beautiful fragrance of, like, of, all, the, yeah, you want of all the flowers. I yeah. see people when they smell it, they just keep just, smelling yeah. it. It has you know, a really big dose of real tuberose absolute and jasmine and orange blossom, rose, milang. Well. I like all the big white flowers. Yeah. And so you made that with Carvey in Mumbai. We have a very shared love for tuberose. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's one of my favorite flowers too yeah. and we worked on it for a long time and then the formula was just so expensive and we said ah screw it we'll just put it out in this special gold label line yeah. and then you know it was the first time we had done that and now we have more like that because sometimes you need to just go for what you want what about you david what is your favorite what would you wear on a daily basis so i'm often wearing things that i'm working on you know just the nature of the beast like because you only have so the much time the smell was pretty fantastic mm -hmm. yeah i've worn that one a lot you need to wear things for a couple of weeks to really understand them for real, like uh, things that you're working on. If I'm just going out like for like a night and I can just wear whatever I want, I love the scent Saint Vetiver, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it's the worst seller. Like things that I personally love, like yeah. big, heavy, powdery, old fashioned like scents like that. But it's it's not like it's like the best seller. I My love favorite candle of ours is our 
Yeah. One of our worst selling worst selling product. Ever, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. 85 but, but I love it. But it sells really well in our stores because anyone who works for us seems to love it. It smells like the inside yeah. of a 1985 Mercedes Benz turbo diesel. Oh, I love that. But also, isn't that that's so important that everybody has their own personal choice? Because I think mm -hmm. fragrance is so personal. Sure. So you've got to find a, like a connection to it. Otherwise, it's you know what's the point, right? So I think if if you're showing our brand, you definitely need to check out. I don't know why you have to smell Debaser, which is another huge seller for us. It's one of the best fig fragrances out there. Forty percent oil, super unctuous, beautiful symphonic fig. You have to smell Radio Bombay. It's Radio Bombay and Rose Atlantic together. Mm -hmm. I think they work really well together. Okay, that's a lovely tip. And pistachio, you have to try it And too. the pistachio, which is your new new kid on the block. Yeah. But, where, did but, the, where did that sort of inspiration come from? Because that's pretty different. It's so random. And you know, you see that pistachios, there's like every article is about how this is a crazy trend, right? Yeah. And I've been interviewed for it a bunch. And you were presumably working on that for a long time before it became a oh, crazy trend. Oh, it's crazy. So not this past February, but February of 2020, yeah. we just had this idea. I have a list of what I think like the world's greatest perfume line should have in it. Yeah. And I'm always thinking, oh, let me like add to it and, and see how it goes. I did work at some crappy cafe in Williamsburg in like 2003, where they had this pistachio cake that was like ridiculous alien green that smelled like it was so delicious. Um, terrible place to work, but that was this thing. <laughs> and I always since then, I love the idea of like pistachio desserts and like, you know, the, the fake pistachio flavor. And it's so weird what pistachio is, right? So like anyone, chocolate and vanilla, like they're just obvious things. But pistachio is like, it's in almost every ice cream place. It's yeah. not like it's like rare, but somehow it has this like exotic, like, you know, sort oh, of, you know, dressed up kind of uh, thing. And, and it seems to be very fun. Like wherever there is pistachio stuff happening in life, it's very fun. So we launched it. It took what I've never seen more comments. It sold out in like three hours and we said, okay, we should probably add this to the line. So we just did that in January and it was just, you know, viral for us. Those kind of trends that are kicking off, whether it's like clean girl fragrances or pistachio and, and, and it's fascinating to see what actually gets picked up and mm -hmm. where people really jump on that. Um, even that more sort of pineapple fragrance or something a bit coconutty as well. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, very satisfying for you, presumably when you've already launched something which like ties into that, it's but funny. it goes viral. But also for you, that's never been what you are after. You are after creating beautiful scents that connect with people. I'm just trying to make, I mean, and this changes too, because I, I don't want to have like a hundred fragrances, but I'd love to have a hundred fragrances like under our belt yeah. because I do want to be able to say, yeah, like you love lilac. I made a lilac. It's just the whole world doesn't want a lilac all the time or something. So, but we did it yeah. and I have a formula for it and it's great. In the line, you need to keep it edited so that it's like just not a million things that overlap. And you'll see there's not much overlap between our fragrances. And do you ever have any that really don't work? Because obviously yeah. so many oh, fragrances yeah. really work. Yeah. 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 Mostly the ones that make it into the line. Like I have tons of like failures everywhere that yeah. we don't put out. But yeah, we had this one fragrance, but even like it was called Vio Volta and it's super forward thinking and crazy strange. And there is a cult following of people who like love it, but it's just, it's very expensive to build out an inventory of something that's yeah. not like really I'm, I'm psyched to cut things. I want to have it nice and edited and have everything be a yeah. banger. And so listen, we walked into the office today and it is it smells amazing. Mm. Is your home the same? Is it like, do you scentscape? Do you so think I'm, about it? I'm not it lighting candles at home. Because do you, do you I, I, yeah. A totally non-perfect. I, like, I thought, it, I thought it, he meant like scentscape, like, like escape. He has to like, I think he yeah. really does have to like escape 
Do you, I, I, it doesn't I allow I have, candles burning at home. Yeah. Not allow, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't want I will not. I would blow them out though. Yeah. I don't want to smell the candles Help at me. home because like I, ha I have it, it I smell it here all day. In a candy store. It's too much. Yeah. I don't want that, but I do like Tibetan incense all the time. I love what Tibetan incense is, is the actual plants are ground down into a powder mixed with, you know, sawdust oh. water formed into a stick. So you're lighting plants on fire. So it smells like smoke. Yeah. So that I love. I definitely wear our fragrances like a lot. Like I'll even wear fragrance to bed sometimes if I'm in the mood. But you heard of people doing that a lot during COVID because you know they weren't going anywhere, so they would just wear it to bed. Yeah. Or you did this more when the kids were younger, but if they were like really riled up and like weren't able to calm down before bedtime, he'd like spray their pillows with lavender, lang geranium, like hydrosol, kind of calm them down. Uh huh. So I'm into like natural scents in the home. I would say that you know, but I love natural smells are great. You know. Yeah. But I love the the mood that a candle sets. Yeah, like, I love those things. Yeah. yeah, like I'm obsessed. It's not bath like I like like you like one in the bath and like yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's something I would love to do the is candle. make a really good bath yeah. line, uh, like fancy yeah. bath oil. Beautiful. It just it's very expensive, just because it, 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 those natural oils are so expensive. So that means for the consumer, I don't know if there's a market for buying really expensive bath oil, but if you want it to be good, it has to. I think be. it's one of the most beautiful like indulgences mm -hmm. right i do yeah. think so um so listen if we and we were talking about this whilst we were making tea earlier which was a beautiful cup like yes. cup of tea thank you very much yeah. um made me feel very at home and we were talking about the fact that you play a game at home with your kids oh, twos. About twos. <laughs> can we explain it can we explain it so you go around in a circle and one one person says two things and you have to pick which one you would take for the rest of your life you can't have the other one so the easiest way to explain it if i say like vanilla or chocolate you have to decide what about okay so here's here's one for both of you Two bros or Tibetan incense? So like in this game, like if I pick Tibetan incense, two bros doesn't exist. I can't use it in perfume. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Um, that is a no-brainer. You're two bros all the way, right? Obviously. <laughs> There's other things I like just as much as two bros, but Tibetan incense is just like, like oh, but I, screw it, but I can have like Nepalese incense. Cheating. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll take two bros and I'll just have like Nepalese. It, also, Tibetans live in India, make great incense. And their Japanese ones make good ones too. Yeah. Okay. So they're good incense. What about, uh, you can also burn a candle. Real tuberose or tuberose scent? Tuberose, absolute. Yeah. Oh, like like smelling tuberose flower like, versus like, a like your tuberose fragrance. Putting a bunch of tuberose next yeah. to your bed yeah. versus a tuberose fragrance. Oh wow, that's a good. That's hard. Yeah, no, I would choose real tuberose flower, and then I would just wear a different perfume. It just like I'd wear some jasmine so. perfume. Yeah. I would just settle for another perfume, but I yeah. wouldn't want to like not ever smell a real tuberose flower. It really is one of the best. Like you just can't stop smelling it. Let's go back to your original one: vanilla or chocolate forever. Vanilla. 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 I'm with you. I love I hate, chocolate I hate saying so much. that. Doesn't sound very. It's, I fun, love chocolate, but, but 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 vanilla flavors. It's so if like for instance, if you play this game, like you might say like, what's your favorite fruit? You can't live without lemon. I know you'd rather eat like uh, yeah. you know pineapple or or something that's special like guava, or something special. I don't know lychee. But like lemon is the most important fruit because you need it for food. And a vanilla is such an important flavor. Chocolate's its I own thing. I get tired of chocolate, but I probably couldn't get tired of vanilla. Right. I'm so with you. Quick fire round. What time do you wake up and what is the first thing you do in the morning? Six o'clock or earlier. 
whenever the kids wake us up. There's no alarm clock. What time, David, do you get to bed? And what is the last thing you do at night? Uh, it depends. I, I, we don't have like the most like regular schedule. I'm always trying to like delay and stay up late later and do more and more and more things. So, because <laughs> you're a night owl, right? I'm not. I'm an oh. early morning person. I actually don't. I don't need to sleep that both. much. I, okay. I'm a big meditator, and so I meditate like for a significant portion of the day. It's it eats up sleep sleep time. You know. So uh, how how I'll, long would you meditate for in a day? Like uh, probably two, two, like 45 to an hour sessions. Okay. And so if you think about that, then I need six hours of sleep basically. Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that that's sort of gives you your eight hours. Exactly. If you were each a Dias and Durga scent, which would you be and why? Oh, Radio Bombay. Radio Bombay. It has like a really nice, like this kind of woody, old, warm quality to me. Mm -hmm. And also does remind me of India. Beautiful. David? I'll say Rosalina because I'm from New England. It's like the Rosalina on the beach. Thank you so much. That was enlightening and fragrant. And love talking to you both here in Brooklyn. What a treat. So I cannot wait to see what's next from Dias and Durga. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to us. Being here. you made it this far in the podcast. Cheers to you. Exactly. We'll sing you a song. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favorite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends.